Welcome to the CFI Podcast, hosted by Canadian Forest Industries Magazine, Canada's leading national logging and solid wood products magazine since 1881. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends in the logging and wood products industries with experts from across Canada. Hi everyone, Ellen Cools here, Associate Editor of Canadian Forest Industries Magazine. I'm sitting here with Andrew White, CEO of Char Technologies, a company that produces biochar products. Last year, we toured Char's high-temperature pyrolysis plant in London, Ontario, and got an inside look at their operations. Now we're going to have a chat about what biochar is and what this emerging new product might mean for the forest sector. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. So for those who don't know, generally speaking, what is biochar? So at a high level, biochar is a carbon product that's made through the heating of organic materials, so heating without oxygen. So at a high level, it's in a lot of ways similar to charcoal, at least conceptually uh, similar to charcoal, but it's made in a very controlled environment. And by controlling the environment, we can decide what attributes this char has, and then we can decide what uh, beneficial end markets it can be used for. So what's the difference between biochar, biocoal, and biocarbon? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a great question as well. And I think right now uh, we're still all figuring out exactly what the right nomenclature should be for these different products. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a bio-based material being turned into a carbon. At Char Technologies, I tend to use biocarbon as the overreaching term. And then within that, um, biochar I tend to view as uh, more on the end market so that's being um, produced for agricultural or soil amendment purposes. I view biocoal as a general term to say we're making a biocarbon for energy um, and of course um, activated biochar or our sulfachar product is, is different but there's other biocarbon manufacturers out there that will use slightly different nomenclature that will say biocoal is low energy coal replacement and biochar is high energy coal replacement. So I think there could be a lot of confusion out there, but uh, I guess the, the key is to delve into when you hear the words biochar, biocoal, biocarbon, ask whoever's saying it, you know, what are they actually referring to? We're hoping to sort of push some industry standards around terminology, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Right. It's very good advice for people looking to uh, get into this industry. So what kind of uh, waste streams can be used to create biochar? So at Char Technologies, uh, first, we use kind of two predominant waste streams depending on our target applications. Uh, the one is, is really recycled wood materials. So we take in uh, products like chipped up shipping pallets uh, and we'll put it through a high temperature pyrolysis process and make uh, uh, char product. Uh, the other materials that we like to use are either anaerobic digestate, so that's like a compost, uh, the solid byproducts from a biogas plant. We do use compost and uh, we have even used biosolids from wastewater treatment. Again, heat it up in the absence of oxygen, drive off volatile matter, and what you're left with is a carbon material. Generically, uh, biochar can also be made from uh, agricultural products, we can look at energy crops, uh, we can look at egg residues like uh, corn stover, miscanthus, those types of materials. 
there's some producers in Quebec who like to use uh, wood bark versus uh, wood chips. So there's there's lots of material. Basically, the requirement is is there kind of lignin is there sort of longer chain organic carbons uh, that can withstand the heating process. Uh, if you can kind of check that box, then in general you can make a biochar. It's just what are you going to use it for? Right. It's very interesting. Um, so you've mentioned, kind of alluded to the products that char produces and what waste streams you use. Can you explain your processes? Yes. So we made a you know concerted decision to pursue what's called high temperature pyrolysis. So the production of chars in general is done through heating in the absence of oxygen. And within that, you've got two main categories. There's slow pyrolysis and fast pyrolysis. Uh, slow pyrolysis lends itself to maximizing the amount of solid biocarbon you get. Uh, fast pyrolysis tends to lend itself to producing more bio oils and, and liquids. So we're doing slow pyrolysis, and then within slow pyrolysis, we're doing high temperatures. So by high temperature, we're doing 500 to 900 degrees Celsius processing. And by controlling that temperature and the feedstock, we can create one of two products. So the one I mentioned, Clean Fire, uh, is a carbon neutral coal replacement. So by doing high temperature, slow pyrolysis, we're able to create a material that has higher energy density than even kind of the best coals. So uh, an anthracite coal, which is your highest energy coal, has an energy density of about 28 megajoules per kilogram of material. Our clean fire is 32 to 34 megajoules a kilogram. So we can make higher energy material. Now the, the real benefit is being made from you know, recycled wood or wood materials or those uh, agricultural residues is very much like wood pellet combustion is considered carbon neutral. We're just processing that material a little further, but its final combustion is considered carbon neutral. So when we eventually see a price on greenhouse gases and as that market develops, uh, will be a very cost competitive alternative to those high energy coal products. Mm -hmm. The other material we make, sulfachar, again needs that high temperature pyrolysis because what we're doing is creating um, surface area. So when we do it at high temperature, we can create a surface area on our carbon that's about 500 to 700 square meters per gram of carbon. So we're talking sort of on the order of a football field of surface in one gram of material. And what that does is create a lot of surface for different contaminants to stick to. So both of our products need that, that high temperature, um, and that's why we're focused in that space. Yeah, that's very cool. It's very important um, as we move forward to look to renewable sources and different potential um, energy types. So Char Technologies was originally founded to commercialize some biocarbon research you had been conducting at the University of Toronto. Can you talk a bit about where the idea for your research came from and how Char Technologies started up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it actually, uh, sort of the genesis of the research came because we, we left the lab and decided to do a tour of biogas plants. That's really what our, our focus when I was at U of T was, was looking at biogas and how can we uh, clean up that biogas. Uh, biogas, if, for those who don't know, uh, has a lot of methane in it. Methane being the main component of natural gas. 
So if we can clean that biogas up, it can replace natural gas, which is fantastic because it's made from you know, organic waste, manure, sewage sludge, uh, green bin waste, all sorts of fun stuff like that. So we did a tour of one of these biogas plants and saw this huge pile of fiber that was coming out of the plant. It was had some applications of fertilizer, soil amendment, but didn't really have a great market opportunity. Uh, so we took a garbage bag of it. It uh, still had a little bit of odor and, and drove the 200 or so kilometers from London to Toronto uh, in a CRV, which has no trunk. So we were basically living with this stuff and it was the middle of winter. So uh, the whole car kind of smelled like ammonia at the end, but you know, the sacrifices you make for research. And, you know, we decided let's, let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can make something interesting out of it. And over the 10 months of uh, playing around, we came up with a process that would allow us to turn this fiber into an activated carbon. We benchmarked it against what current activated carbons were out there in the market. Uh, we saw that we were better. We also were able to show that our sulfur char could be used as a fertilizer, a sulfur-rich biochar fertilizer once it pulled uh, the contaminant sulfur out of the biogas. So we were creating a, a really zero waste product. So all these things really were very exciting. So we said, you know, let's let's start a company and see where we can take it. So that was in uh, 2011 when I was still a student that the company was founded. And, you know, now we've got our, our first uh, production facility down in London, Ontario. We can produce about five tons a day of biocarbon and uh, looking to continue to grow and expand from there. That's great. So just two years ago, biochar was virtually unknown, at least to the forest products industry. But now there are multiple plants popping up across Canada. And we also know that there are at least a few sawmills that are able to produce biochar, but aren't sure what to do with it yet. Uh, so what are the, its markets and why is it becoming more popular? Yeah, I think it's it's becoming more popular as really as people understand what it is and, and what its benefits are and what that supply chain can look like. You know, prior to, to two years ago, I think most biochars in a lot of ways were made at the pilot scale or the demonstration scale to people who are doing it in their backyards because they love the idea of biochar and wanted to make it. And I think now uh, companies have become more advanced, uh, capacities have increased, and we can start to see the economies of scale. Some of the primary end uses of biochar as a, as a general term replacing carbon black in automotive plastics or in you know other plastic materials is one area. Uh, there's a couple of companies in Ontario that are pursuing that market. Uh, at Char Technologies, uh, we look at an energy product, so uh, generically a bio coal, we call it clean fire, targeting, replacing coal in industries, so blast furnaces in, in steel, for example. There is and has been a lot of work on biochar in agriculture. Um, that market is still emerging, but I certainly foresee it growing in the next two to five years as you know, we get more use cases, more field trials, people get more and more comfortable with it. And then the other product that we do at Char is an activated uh, charcoal. We call it char, similar to, in concept, to a Brita filter, so the little uh, black material you see in a Brita filter is an activated carbon. We make an activated charcoal that can be used for uh, other industrial purposes. 
Cool, very cool. So would you say that biochar is a potential new product stream for sawmill residuals? Biochar is absolutely a, a potential for uh, sawmill residuals. You know, depending on what the supply chain of, of that local market looks like. So, you know, if the if there's a pulp mill close by that's using most of those residuals for heating or you know, uh, boiler heat combustion, whatever, um, you know, it's debatable. But if these residuals are available. Uh, they can absolutely be turned into different biocarbon materials. And being sawmill residuals, it tends to have that high carbon content that you want to see to make a really good biocarbon material. Okay, great. Uh, so what would you say this means for the forest sector? At a high level, you know, biochar, biocarbons, um, this new market uh, really just presents another opportunity to add value to forestry materials. So um, as the biocarbon markets grow and our demand for either wood or other types of uh, carbon-containing, lignin-containing materials grows, um, it's another outlet for those forestry materials. So, you know, there's, there's obviously some interesting work going on in the whole biorefineries as well. You know, looking at converting, say, a pulp mill into a whole biorefinery, creating a lot of value-added products, and biochar can very much be one of those uh, potential future products, um, really to ensure that the the demand is there for these materials that are currently being harvested in the forest. Uh, so let's talk about sustainability. There are people who think that the forest sector is not sustainable and is just cutting down our forests without consideration for the environment and climate change. Our listeners are more than familiar with that viewpoint and are often forced to defend the industry to explain sustainable forest management and practices. So how could turning wood-based biomass into biochar help fight against this negative public perception of the forest industry? You know, obviously the forestry industry, is, has, as you mentioned, has been advocating and showcasing you know, how to sustainably manage forest and forestry resources. And I think adding a biocarbon or a biochar element uh, to that discussion will absolutely help push it forward, especially when we look at what materials are being replaced by these biocarbons. So, you know, carbon black for automotive materials, which some of our competitors are looking at, that's made by basically spraying natural gas and quenching it with cold water and creating soot. That's what they're doing. So if we can say we can use forestry material to offset natural gas-based soot, I think that tells a good story. Uh, for our products, for the clean fire, you know, every kilogram or every ton of coal we replace, we reduce greenhouse gas emissions by three tons. And that's inherently using forestry product materials, whether it's directly or whether it's through the recycled wood material. We're getting it eventually from, from the forestry sector. Again, the sulfur the activated carbon, we're making it out of residuals, carbon residuals. We can make it out of forestry materials as well. Activated carbon today is made out of coal, uh, which has a disposal issue with it. So all of these biocarbon and biochar products inherently are not only using a sustainable resource in forestry, they're offsetting some kind of either coal-based or petrochemical-based product um, so there's really two benefits there, and, and I think coupling that with what is already a, a good story about uh, sustainably managed forests only helps the cause. 
For sure. Yeah, that's really exciting and very, very good potential for the forest industry. Um, so how would you say the forest sector can participate in the biochar market? I would say that the, the forestry sector is starting to engage um, with biochar and biocarbon manufacturing companies. Um, and really it comes down to engaging in two ways. One is at the academic level. So, you know, pushing R&D and saying, you know, here's what our residuals look like. Uh, because from a biochar manufacturing perspective, uh, we need to know not just you know particle size and not just moisture, but you know how much carbon's in it, how much ash is in it. If it's a sawdust versus a chip versus a pellet versus uh, bark, uh, those will all handle differently and produce different products. So you know helping the biochar manufacturers understand what resources are available, um, and then the biochar manufacturers looking at what those final target markets are. It's really one. I think excellent way to start engaging as as the market grows. I mean, biochar and biocarbon is still pretty nascent, um, and so we've got some opportunities to really work together and determine what that best end use and material, highest value material, can be. Mm-hmm. So, you kind of already mentioned this, but what do you think the future holds for char technologies and bi- the biochar market? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm very enthusiastic about both. Um, absolutely, I think uh, biochar and biocarbon have some great um, opportunities in the next few years. Uh, char, I mean, what we're looking to do is is grow and, and you know build a larger facility capable of producing more uh, biocarbon. Really focused right now on on the clean fire, but as I said before, you know, continue to push that R and D envelope. Um, how can we get biocarbon products that we could sell for $10,000 a ton because they're so high value. I think that's not actually an unreasonable uh, goal and objective because there are some very high value petrochemical based products that some of these uh, carbons, if well engineered, could replace. So you know, I'm, I'm really optimistic and excited about uh, where the, the market's going. Um, and we're seeing it all over the place, you know, there was a, a bid in California for a biogas plant that I saw that had a biochar maker connected to it. So even people outside of the sort of core biochar, biocarbon world are starting to look at this as an attractive um, alternative to process some of these fibrous materials. Yeah, it's very exciting. I look forward to seeing what happens with that and hearing great news from you in the future. That's it from me, so thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the CFI Podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode.